0: The movie guys love movies. Any comments about a drop in movie box office due to America's hottest new reality show are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right? Trump cabinet. now family. That's the way we all became the Brady
1: Bunch.
2: They cannot stop talking about that man. NPR, it's like the Trump Network. Every story.
3: During the election, CNN was a Trump member. Yeah, that's that and Jeff feel Zucker strange when, at this point. And Jeff Zucker in an interview recently was like, I regret maybe putting him on every day.
0: <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we talk about the it's president. The so like, show. Yeah. He's uh, gonna do the job, so they're starting to pay attention he's, more uh, to him.
3: Drain the alligator drain the swamp and fill the full alligators. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the no. Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling Movie Guys empire. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the War Room. Hey. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, previews, special guests, bits, banter, and more as we broadcast from our studio, the Admirals Club, in the heart of Burbank Airport's Flyover Zone. This is a brand new show, and these brand new shows, of course, are offered up every week. Just search Yahoo, Google, or... Bang! Thanks. And we come right up. Uh, and, of course,
2: the show is absolutely... Paul, um, damnedest thing. Yeah. I had my wallet with me when I got here, and then I was talking to our guest, magician John Armstrong, uh-huh. and it has disappeared. <laughs> oh, my wallet is now gone.
0: Is, did you look for your watch?
2: I didn't wear one, oh. thankfully. Right, because you knew we'd be having a magician yes. on our show. <laughs> so, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't have any money. We'll have to talk to John okay, about well, listen, my wallet I, for I'm the gonna, show. I'm going to
3: stop you right there. The show is free. Oh, so there's no need to have any money for the show. Oh, that goes for everybody listening yeah? or watching. It's a free show. Okay. So you're welcome, America. Well. Uh, <laughs> listen, I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show in all the land, Paul Preston, here with Adam Witt. you Freeze. I'm Batman. Karen Volpe.
0: <laughs> I'm smelling both electrical discharge and isotopic uh, isotopic decay. Dang. Come on. G- give it again. I'm smelling both electrical discharge and isotopic decay. There you go.
3: Gross, yeah. Ghostbusters, I imagine? Yes, how, it is. How many weeks now are we...
0: Uh, ever since July 15th, ever since it's, it's been came Ghostbusters. Up. And Bart Caius. Passenger
2: pigeons have been extinct since 1929. <sighs> <laughs> Ghost, ghost dog. You know, I don't often ask, what is that? What is that? <laughs> ghost dog. Ghost dog.
3: Oh, uh, Jim okay. Jarmish. Yes. All right, good. Uh, later in the show, as, at a, as uh, Bart mentioned, we'll be joined by a magician who's a former close-up magician of the year, a regular at Ooh. the Magic Castles, performed all over the world, and appeared on Masters of Illusion and more.
2: Wait a minute, Paul. Are there multiple Magic Castles? A regular at the Magic Castle. I thought you said Magic Castles all over the world. No, no. And he's performed all over the oh, world. Oh, 40 okay. countries. Okay. I thought they each had their own Magic
4: Castles. I certify that everywhere he goes, he makes magic. So there if it could, castle, it could be a castle, could be a house. <laughs> it doesn't matter where it is. Magic house,
3: He's also featured in the new documentary, Magicians, Life in the Impossible. Oh. Now available on iTunes and Amazon, John Armstrong will be here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it might be a slow week out there, movie-wise, oh. but we always bring you... Movie previews. <laughs> yes, the theme of this week's movies seem to be Sure.
0: Okay. (laughs)
3: Why not? (laughs) Steering clear of Fantastic Beasts and where to sequel them by releasing almost nothing. Mm. This week we'll discuss a film going into limited release with a title that's been used at least once by every freshman filmmaker at UCLA, La La Land. (laughs) And just like The Avengers and Star Wars The Force Awakens before it, other major holiday films are apparently avoiding opening alongside the powerhouse juggernaut that is Incarnate.
1: I don't do exorcisms.
2: I don't use religious methods to treat the symptoms. I go inside the victim's mind to treat
1: the disease. I evict the demon from the inside. We're in your head. Wake up, buddy.
0: Something wrong, Henry?
2: Just in time for Christmas. He's a, he's a cross between like Charles Manson and some hard-boiled 1940s cop. Right. I'm walking
3: the beat that's oh inside God, your head. So hard-boiled. <laughs> I'm walking the beat, but it's in your head. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I'm walking the beat. Yeah, and he's all scraggly and oh all my scruffy. God. Yeah. Until he goes in your head. Then you notice, if you've watched the trailer...
2: And he's all slicked back, and he's cleaned up. Well, there's a whole party going on in my head. Do you see the people he's
0: meeting in there? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: They're all <laughs> dressed up. They're having cocktails. There's That's the music true. playing. True, they're
0: all at a club. They're all yeah. doing like like bottle service. Exactly. Yeah. In a lounge somewhere, <laughs> I
2: got bottle, bottle service, service in, club. in
1: my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: I'd put your best face forward if I was going into somebody's head. Could be anything you want. <laughs> but clean on. up. Put on a nicer jacket. Uh, but I agree sh- with you. Just in time for the holidays?
1: Yeah,
0: re- <laughs> insane. You know, There's
3: one of these every year. Did wasn't, didn't the pyramid come out around this, this time? This is gonna
4: make a gazillion dollars. For somehow they they figure out Blumhouse, when to right? release these. Yeah, they yeah. somehow figure out, and it make. makes
3: a bazillion dollars by making thirty five and still yeah. getting seven times the budget by doing that <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. they
0: hit right in the pocket, like Adam saying. So there's Somehow. no competition this week.
4: Yeah, they are such a sight. What's the pyramid one? What are you talking about? What was? No, that was. See exactly. Oh, yeah. the one they go in the pyramid. <laughs> they go in a pyramid yeah.
3: in Remember? South and America. And then it's upside down the other way. Okay. And something was going to kill them.
2: I think the joke we made was it was every every scene was shot for only eight feet. Oh yeah, because it was it's, all. Oh, head, you have to light eight feet. Headlamp lit. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, that is the great thing about haunted house movies. You don't have to light much of it. Yeah, no. just the next eight feet. Yeah.
3: yeah, especially point of view, right? The the first persons. Uh, oh, and there's a movie coming out called Jackie that we didn't cover. But there's this this might be a plague of this time of year. Too many movies at once. They oh. keep waiting until the end of the year to release yeah. all the award-winning movies. Then they all come out at once, and then that's not good either, because some fall through the cracks. I certainly don't see them all half the time. But uh, Jackie is a documentary about Jackie Onassis starring Natalie Portman. No, Seems not, a not a documentary. I'm sorry, not a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, she stars creepy. in a documentary. What's yeah. the opposite of that? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like a <laughs> zealot they just a, put her in there it's a biopic right? biopic
4: yeah, bio.
3: yeah
2: it's a biopic yeah but it's natalie portman who for a moment when i was watching the trailer and uh, to your point ball i had no idea this movie was even in the ether until we were talking about it um but i thought as soon as i saw natalie portman i thought ah, another british actress getting her. i'm like wait a minute natalie's not british <laughs> she's not british <laughs> she just You're came funny. across very she british looks so proper yeah. yeah like
0: jackie well jackie had an interesting little accent because she had one of those newport accents so it's Boston? affected. A Boston? Uh, sort of the UNAS, upper, upper class Boston, kind of. <laughs>
2: because Natalie sounds like she's doing I'd, a female Jack Kennedy.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of, uh, his As, wasn't 100% Boston either. It's this weird combination. Of
2: I will always love you, uh,
4: Jack <laughs> Kennedy.
3: Do you,
0: do you know who's playing Marilyn? She's got to be represented.
4: Oh, I don't know. Oh,
3: mm. I would have right? Oh, I get some beefy drama going. Mm. The same.
4: I yeah. think they should go Tarantino like in *Inglorious Bastards*. Instead of having you know Hitler survive, they just kill Hitler. I think that they should they, those two should duke it out.
2: Well, spoiler alert: yeah. Jack Kennedy does die in this movie.
4: Well, all right. <laughs> but no, you change it up, right? Yeah.
2: Connolly well, gets hit.
3: <laughs> JFK pulls out a yeah, couple of glocks, <laughs> right? He starts taking guys out of the tower yeah. and the hill. He's
0: taking out. How everybody. about Jackie does that?
3: Jackie she she just to pulls Raider something out air.
0: of her purse and boom.
3: She goes full of honey bunny and grabs a gun too. Jumps <laughs> yeah. And then Marilyn comes top. over
4: the uh, grassy knoll with a to back her up because they had forged <laughs> an alliance when they uh, I would wrestled in this. pudding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this. I hope writes, the movie's this good. It writes itself. <laughs> I am already getting disappointed in the Jackie. <laughs> well, I Jackie. said we weren't going
3: to talk about it, and look at that. <laughs> I think we've talked enough. Uh, there you go. Uh, but again, there's just so many movies.
1: I'm sorry. Oh, what is that music? So we were going sad. so
3: well. Uh, this were know, so good, Adam. I'll tell you what that movie mean, or that music means. Please. I never like hearing it because it means we have screwed up. Uh, I
0: can't imagine. It
3: happens. I think it's important to admit when you're not uh, factual in a broadcast. Isn't that right, Donald Trump? Uh, I'm sure many of you incorrectly get all of your movie news from us, and we don't want to have you walking away, you know, and uh, from one of our shows being totally misinformed. God, so no. we've said a few things that were inaccurate. So with that, we're now going to throw things to Bart, who's going to help us with this week's retractions.
1: Retraction!
2: Paul, sadly, it is that time again when we are obliged to set the record straight.
1: Uh-oh.
2: As even the most casual listener knows, those who listen in the bathtub, for example, first and foremost, <laughs> we are journalists. Then, Wild Animal Park attendants. Then, Whole Food staffers. And finally, entertainers. But first... First, we are journalists. Yes. So, we've if time tried- remaining, entertain. Yes. <laughs> time allowing, we'll entertain you. Mm-hmm. So, we pride ourselves on being not just entertaining, but accurate, and in turn, pointing out the very mistakes we ourselves have made. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Paul, our guest, the great Lisa Ann Walter, taking. What is going on? <laughs> that sentence has too many. Paul, our guest. Paul, our guest, the great Lisa. Okay, I'm talking to you. You can Take Paul out yeah. if you want. No, I'm talking to you, right?
3: Sure. Whatever.
2: A couple of weeks ago, Paul, our guest, the great Lisa Ann Walter, talking about Edge of Seventeen, referenced the movie The Little Foxes, and unfortunately, you said this. You know, she talks dirty. She's, you know, she's uh, yeah, right. Not, not of age. This is so kind of that... hot. Yeah. That's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> Little foxes. That was one of the original oh, yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. Christy mm-hmm. McNichol. Oh. Yeah, Christy McNeil. Yeah. Who oh, yeah. turned out to be gay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are you? <laughs> well, that, I think that was
2: true. That's not, uh, the, that's not,
0: that's that's not the part. Not that's the part that's, that's the not what, what we got wrong,
2: Paul. I'm happy to correct you here on the air and tell you that <laughs> The Little Foxes is a 1941 William Wyler film yeah. that you mistook for 1980s. Little Darlings. Ah. I could see where you would, yeah. What's the Little Foxes? Uh, Betty Davis is the matriarch of a southern family who will stop at nothing to scheme her way to wealth and power, including betraying her very own husband. Ah. And Little Darlings? Uh, Little Darlings is Christy McNichol and Tatum O'Neill. They play two 15-year-old girls racing to see who will be the first to lose their virginity at summer camp. Ah. Yeah, those are different. yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> all
3: right, well, listen, I, I don't want to thank different. the listener who pointed that out on Facebook. I'm sure all he wanted to do was help. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I can see the title is where you got lost. Yeah. Had you thought about the plot? I jumped right yeah. into the conversation. Well, then which yeah. one's
0: Little
4: Giants? <laughs> <laughs> Never
2: mind. Yeah. I'll figure it out on my
3: own time. Yeah, that's right. Rick Moran.
0: I don't know. Who, is Little Women a movie?
3: It is. Don't this, stop this. We're gonna, <laughs> anyway, we apologize <laughs> to
2: him and any else, anyone else we may have offended so or confused, as a matter of fact. So. All right, great. Well, thank you, Barton. It's important to point that out. Anything else? Yes, actually, there is one more thing. We were previewing the Disney hit Moana. And Karen, Uh-oh. sorry to bring you up in all this, described the demigod Maui who could change into an animal. You described it like this.
0: Oh. Well, Paul, he could change into a hawk, making him Disney's manimal.
2: The clip continued with Paul challenging Adam to remember who played Manimal, oh. Manimal, Manimal in the hit 1983 NBC television show.
0: <laughs> That's fun. Adam, did you write that? <laughs> yeah. Of course. That's Manimal. great. And who, played <laughs> <Manimal>? <laughs> and who played Manimal?
2: Who played Manimal?
4: What I meant to say there was ah. Simon McCorkendale.
3: <laughs> ah, okay.
0: McCorkendale? That's not Simon. really a
3: retraction. Though. It's not like you got it wrong.
0: I can forgive you for not saying that right. But uh, I couldn't
4: pull Simon McCorkendale out of the deep reference pool. I live in shame. Ah. I live in shame. <laughs> is and rightly my point. so.
2: And rightly so. But here, you have uh. redeemed yourself. Uh, but you know what makes everything better, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> How what? about the music from Manimal's oh. Transformation into a Panther? We have that. Now we do.
3: for nothing it takes like two minutes two and a half minutes <laughs> for him to transform into an animal by the time he hit Willow just like five years later it was like Bruh, you're an ostrich right still transforming damn CGI skin bubbling right hair coming out teeth coming out eyes bulbing <laughs> <laughs> that, that was
4: that
2: part, part there part.
4: I will just let that run I, um, you know I do feel better actually that was thank you for playing
0: that. I've uh, never seen Manimal
4: Oh, I really? never saw
0: that Yeah, It was on the two channels I got as a kid.
4: Yeah, he lived in the middle of nowhere. Okay. You had like 12 chances. No <laughs> runs, <laughs> yeah. I think.
0: I never saw it. I, I probably cool. watched Facts of Life again. Still
4: turning into a panther.
3: <laughs> still not quite a panther yet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, listen, with that out of the way. I'm sorry, we can... Paul,
2: Paul. We do have one more retraction, and okay. unfortunately, it is I myself who said something a few weeks ago. Actually, I said this about Boo. A Medea Halloween. Having saved Christmas and gone to jail, Medea <laughs> takes another page out of Ernest P. Worrell's book and gets scared stupid in Boo! A Medea Halloween. I don't see exactly what's wrong
3: there. Yeah, I think yeah. that everything was, a joke. was factually accurate. Was right. yeah. We're just doing a, po- a preview of "Boo a Medea Halloween," and when you do that, you kind of explain what "Boo a Medea Halloween" is all about. You say that it's Tyler Perry. You say that you know it reminds you of yeah the slapsticky Ernest P. Worrell type films. You, know, you need, and we do that every week, going on about a movie. So when we go on about, I mean that's just a plot description of "Boo a Medea's Halloween," and then I think we went on to
2: talk about it for like ten minutes. Yes, that's right, Paul. And that's exactly what I wish we could take back.
1: Retraction!
2: All right. Again,
0: the hardest one. part of that bit is not talking during the... <laughs> during the
3: funny pause? funny pause? During the comedy pause? Ah. We finally got our pausing down. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we'll be we tickling
3: or nothing. All right. Speaking of talking <laughs> yeah. about movies for 10 minutes... <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, On to our first film. Film? Mo- movie makers hit the dictionary to bring you incarnate. <laughs> latest adjective in cinema fear when a young boy becomes possessed you know there are going to be a lot of people on the ceiling that's how it is adam let's talk about it it. they're creepy up on the ceiling they get get, like tossed up into the ceiling they fall from the the ceiling
4: ceiling. spirits are not interested in being on the ground
3: (laughs) this week's horror offering will have you asking incarnate high school band name or tattoo parlor
4: it's got to be a high school band. Well, is there a number eight in Incarnate? Oh, because that would influence my vote.
3: Oh. I right, listen, the plot for Incarnate reads like a knocked over one VHS rack. There's scary shadows that come to life and there's a demon and a kid and the demon and the kid and some Catholics and a mom who's having a terrible Christmas. Here's a clip.
1: I have an arch demon possessing the body of an innocent 11 year old boy.
3: Oh, an archdemon, and he's possessing the body of an innocent 11-year-old boy.
5: Well, why didn't you say
3: so? I thought it was a regular demon possessing the body of one of those morally corrupt and socially threatening
4: 11-year-old boys. Yes, but did anyone check to see if he was actually possessed or just being an 11-year-old? And not for nothing, but for a horror movie, this film's diction is on point.
0: I have an archdemon possessing the body of an innocent 11-year-old boy. Innocent! <laughs> that Very is a
3: read. Yeah. Another story where an innocent kid gets inhabited by evil. Why can't evil just inhabit things we already want to destroy? You know, like rats and cockroaches, <laughs> the remaining VHS copies of Battlefield Earth.
4: If four other movies this year were any example, you can't have an exorcism without an exorcist. And when all the best exorcists in the exorcising business...
0: And lift. Now come up and open. too
4: hard. No. Yeah, do it again. Here we yeah. go. No, no. That, not that kind of Who exercise. is that? Uh, that kind of is that Jodie Watley? <laughs> uh, hilarious. That uh, was Richard Simmons.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, not that I kind of exercise. I not making a joke. Oh, sorry. But he definitely Richard. scares the hell out of me. Okay. Uh, no,
4: in, instead uh, they call upon uh, Dr. Seth Ember. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 <No>. <laughs> Dr.
4: Ember is played by Thomas Jane. It's Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. Wait, then who was in I, Frankenstein? Aaron Eckhart. Eckhart. Oh wait, so who was in Battle Los Angeles? Aaron Eckhart. Then who's Thomas Jane? <laughs> he's the Punisher that kills John Travolta's. <laughs> ah, well, well, whoever he is, he's out of breath.
0: Who are you? I'm gonna help your son. <laughs> <It's> true.
3: <laughs> but this is where the movie takes a twist. Uh-oh. The exorcist enters the mind of the victim Ooh. to battle the demon in the dive bar
4: of their mind. <laughs> so Blumhouse may have once again found a way to put a unicorn horn on a donkey. Doctor <laughs> <That's> Seth Ember. <laughs> Never, thank you.
3: <laughs> enters the soul of the boy and is shocked when he comes face to face with a demon from his own past. Here's a clip of them meeting.
5: Who are you and how did you get in here? I'm the locksmith. And I'm a locksmith. <laughs> I love
4: that. He goes into the minds of the <laughs> That's possessed. That's the funniest line of, of all
5: time.
3: Come on. That's the funniest line of all time.
4: Who are you?
5: Who are you and how did you get in here? I'm the locksmith. And I'm a locksmith. <laughs>
0: That is so dumb. Maybe Never shoehorned
4: that clip. Oh. Never shoehorned into a preview ever. Oh. So he goes into the minds of the possessed and does battle with the demon inside their head. Oh. Oh, we should send that card to the White House, <laughs> or Trump Tower, <laughs> or wherever Trump is. You, you get the joke, right? It's hilarious. This does actually
3: sound new and different. He's a clip. Here's a clip of what might be the most original horror film to come around in a long time. <laughs> It just may, sounds
0: like they're shutting doors. Yeah, I may have spoken too soon. Yeah.
3: But still, this That's movie crazy. seems to be offering up one of the more unique takes on confronting de- demonic possession of a friend or a loved one. Here, here, here's another clip. Okay, I guess this is just how <laughs> horror movies sound nowadays. That is so weird. No matter how promising they seem. All right, here's another clip where the possessed kid speaks.
1: Okay. See you,
3: See my pet monkey? Is that what he said? That is pretty scary, Or or is he speaking Sioux Indian? (laughs)
1: It's the same,
4: yeah. As we mentioned, this movie stars Aaron Eckhart as Dr. Seth Ember. But it also stars Carice Van Houten. It's nice to see a movie that isn't overly concerned with star power to carry it to the box to box office success. Good for you, movie. Way to buck the trend of casting well-established and proven box office trials. Let the story be your anchor. I'm sure uh, Sienna Shanaday as Girl Vanishes at Park, Pet- Petra Sprecher as Homeless Woman, and Lawrence Hennigan as Cab Driver will be more than enough for audiences. And this film is
3: following a trend with films like Shut In and The Conjuring 2. Once again, a horror movie makes a single mother pay for her sins. Who's writing these movies? (laughs) Nathaniel Hawthorne?
4: That's a little joke for
3: our listeners who also subscribe to The New Yorker. (laughs) If another one of these movies makes life hell for mothers, Trump will name the next Ouija movie Secretary of Health and Human Services.
4: Incarnate. It's the turducken of Thanksgiving movies, you... Wouldn't have touched it last Thursday, but it's been a week, so you know, why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? Or see Fantastic Beasts again? Or uh, Dr. Sage a third
3: time.
2: Before we get too far into this. Yes. yes. We're not gonna get that far into no. this. Okay. <laughs> Am I the only one that thinks Seth Ember sounds like September?
0: September <laughs> That's what this is. Seth Ember? Yeah. September? Okay. yeah. September. No, that was wonderful, yeah. Oh, okay. Good. I didn't I know it. if that was hitting. No, September. it hit by the fourth time we did it. I I'll, really think I'll, that I'll it await hit. i the
3: emails. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that guy who had a problem with the little foxes, I'll, I'll chime in.
4: If I had read ahead... <laughs> uh, guy's is, name isn't September. But, <laughs> but you could have said it, Seth Ember. Yeah right. <laughs> so I feel like I pronounced it wrong. You know, to to, do, to go with the joke. I thought it was I September.
3: Like
0: you September. know when this
1: was
4: supposed to
3: come
0: September. out? September, the 21st
1: yeah. September, the twenty first of September. That's right.
0: <laughs> yeah, one of the previews well, had the effects, September, yeah. and then the other, and it said fall, and then the one underneath it said winter.
3: Yeah, it got moved hmm. to the week it after got, huge the holiday yeah. movies with. Wait, it got confidence.
0: moved from right before Halloween.
2: Yeah, how's that <laughs> Yeah, I know.
3: I don't know. must have been a filled up. Yeah. It's been yeah. filled up weekends back then. Boo, they want to compete with Boo or media Halloween.
4: <laughs> well, it's a very scary title. This one's just Incarnate, which is such a high school band. Name. You know what's so
0: great about that? It reminds me of that <laughs> guy who, who yeah, wrote how oh, that independent filmmaker that we had on the show who had his movie, but he said it wrong.
2: Mark Borchett?
0: Yes. <laughs> what was the name of his movie? Coven.
2: Coven. It was Coven, uh, so
0: incarnate or incarnate. Incarnate.
2: Yeah, he doesn't want to say Coven because it's call coven. him. It's coven. Out. Well, he doesn't it's want to say Coven because it sounds like oven. He likes right, coven. coven. We only have about an hour uh left of our show, so <laughs> I don't want to call him to find out. That <laughs> would take a <laughs> <an> hour. <laughs> I actually thought, watching this trailer, that it was a real unique spin. I think it's it a good is. idea. He it's goes yeah. cool. into the people's minds and. Does battle with the demon there on like the demon's turf. I, I think I it's a great
0: cool. idea. It's such a yeah. new, interesting take. Yeah, and, I thought and, it was pretty cool. And, and again, one location in their mind.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was dumb. That, no, that was really
2: dumb. well done. And, <laughs> and you,
4: you get to skip to different locations because inside their mind, I don't know. I don't know what you guys would have in your mind. I mean, uh, this guy. Yeah, is I a don't have a bar. car. You know. I guess I, yeah. I don't know. Oh, well, it's
3: like it's... Inception. I mean, they yeah. had giant fortresses with James Bond snowmobile fights and, you know, and everything. Yeah, they had... All sorts of different places to go in that in that mind, you could do the same here.
1: Not on this budget. Then
3: on this <laughs> budget, it won't. But you could. Yeah. Again,
0: it's going to be inside. You know. A bar. Yeah, it's gonna
4: be. He's gonna go to it from a single location to a single location because that's how Blumhouse does it. And their true psychic power is somehow nailing these dates. Sometimes I have a feeling this could make thirty million dollars on a yeah. million dollar budget yeah. because they just somehow they know these dates. I think that's the real psychic power of the of Blumhouse. Uh, yeah, who has it's far, probably.
0: It's totally far enough away from Christmas that it's going to be. um No one's even gonna be thinking about Christmas movies yet. Yeah. it's perfect timing.
4: Yeah, exactly.
3: So Aaron Eckhart is in this. I remember when I went to see a Q and A with. I Frankenstein? Or, yeah, it was I Frankenstein. We saw that. Yeah. And he, uh, and he, yeah, just, he was so excited to get up and take his shirt off and show everyone his abs. He had <laughs> really? worked out for the
2: part, you know, and he got to be like,
3: check this out. And he like, everyone's he like, probably yeah!
0: hasn't eaten in two months. Uh, I'd be excited to show it that does dick.
2: not strike me as the type of guy that would be like that, yeah. like all about that. But that guy, I guess he Maybe is, he thought he it could. was
0: funny. Yeah, maybe That's it was charming. a joke, Paul. I like, guess. Yes. Maybe you
3: missed it. I don't know. It was weird. I felt it was weird. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, you're ripped. What? <laughs>
0: Did the woman sitting next to you think it was funny? Did she feel uncomfortable? Uh, she probably appreciated it? it. might have enjoyed
3: it. Yeah, like yeah. There were any women on the I Frankenstein panel? Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> is, you think there's any regret for anybody that gets super into a role? But that role is I Frankenstein. You know, like oh. like he he really went all all there. It's like when I saw Suicide Squad, I was like Jared Leto was in that movie for a minute, and I heard for a year how into that role he got, and it's like. You know, it's, it it brings to mind the sketch of the extra, or, you know, the extra background extra who just spends w- years studying crowds. You know, <laughs> that, uh, that's
3: awesome. The guy funny. I always say, avoid the guy who brings a chair to the set. He's a professional extra. Don't engage in conversation yeah. <laughs> with that guy. Don't
0: make eye contact. No. Yeah. Mm.
3: But um, yeah, so I don't know. He's he's in this, and you know, he was in Sully, and he was great, and it was
2: great. So See, I didn't get that for every impression.
3: Sully, he puts out a. Uh, you know, an i, an I
2: Frankenstein. I didn't get the impression that his career was was worthy of incarnate. I thought he was doing well. I did too. Yeah. Aww. Well, Aww. You know, we listed him at the top. Battle L A. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and
3: he shows up in those every once in a while. And he shows up in Aaron Brockovich and Dark Knight. And <gasps> right,
0: he's so good in Aaron Brockovich He could have taken his shirt off on that. He yeah.
2: must be getting points on this because but, this is going to make so much back end money, right?
4: I, I think it's an exposure thing because I mean uh, the other Blumhouse movies they they have their weird kind of stock cast which is like well that guy uh, who's the guy from Insidious uh, uh, Ethan Hawke oh. Ethan Hawke or no, Patrick Sinister, Wilson's one yeah. of them too they're like pretty kind of generic like 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 Aaron Eckhart like uh, nobody would if you pointed at him on a poster you wouldn't get most people going oh Aaron Eckhart you know I mean I think that, kind of that you're totally
0: onto him. something because the thing is whenever these actors get to a certain point in their careers, they have to reintroduce themselves to the new generation that's seeing movies. So the millennials mm, are going busier. to finally get to meet him in this movie. And I I mean, I do that. I, I never knew who... Helen Mirren was and then I saw her in something and then you go back and go oh my gosh she was really big in these other she movies the
2: Excalibur yeah Who I did not go
0: know go. all oh, that so goodness. this is a reintroduction that's a great tool she takes her shirt idea. off
2: at Q&As all the time too <laughs>
0: She and she should
3: <laughs> <laughs> and the yeah like no one's gonna go what's oh, the guy from In the Company of Men right, right? Yeah. The, yeah yeah. his so debut with Neil no Lebeard.
0: that's good to know that's a good idea yeah yeah, yeah. alright which I could, I could watch that again
3: but it right? doesn't matter he has The Dark Knight forever I mean he's I great in that yeah -hmm. All right, for our next and final film of the show, finally, Hollywood focuses on itself in La La Land. (laughs) La La Land is the nickname that everybody calls Los Angeles unless they live there.
0: Like people from Frisco.
3: (laughs) Yes, and it's never called the OC, by the way, people here either.
0: I live in Hollywood. Sometimes it's hard to tell what's real and what's not. I watch the trailer and people suddenly burst into song and dance.
3: That happens in real Hollywood.
0: And they fly through the air?
3: I've seen that in uh, real life also.
0: Emma Stone plays an out of work actress who never gets the part she auditions for?
3: Okay, that part's fake.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet it rains in LA too in this movie.
3: <laughs> well, it's going to be an awards contender, so let's talk about it. Here All we right. go. La La Land joins L.A. Story, L.A. Confidential, Grand Canyon, Swingers, The Big Lebowski, The Players, Shortcut, Sunset Boulevard, Mulholland Drive, Chinatown, Magnolia, Heat, Jackie Brown, Boys in the Hood, Speed Drive, Body Double, Singing in the Rain, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Shampoo, To Live and Die in L.A., Ed Wood, Clueless, Die Hard, Rebel Without a Cause, Lesson Zero, Boogie Nights, Training Day, and The Graduate as yet another original story about Los Angeles.
0: <laughs> La La Land features Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling, and the font from the artist. Oh.
3: Stone and Gosling continue their string of being in movies with childish titles. First of was Crazy Stupid Love, and now it's La La Land. Next up, I'm Rubber, Your Glue, followed by Fingers in My Ears. All of these will be movies about Emma's and Ryan's characters falling in love. Except for Fingers in My Ears, which was surprisingly a very adult plot. Oh. Wait, I read that wrong. Wait, what? Sorry, it's called Fingers in My Rears, and it stars Emma Boned and Ryan Goosing. <laughs> Still made in L.A.
0: Uh, Emma Stone plays Mia, someone who is always hustling to get work, faces constant rejection, and has to live a life of uncertainty. In other words, she plays an actor. Or Mm. a magician. Yeah, right? (laughs) Oh, we'll find out.
3: (laughs) Ever wonder if Ryan Gosling can play the piano? Well, that question is answered in the movie La La Land, where he plays a jazz pianist. And surprisingly, spoiler alert, the answer is no. He can't play the piano. But hey, this is 2016. We have state of the art technology that can make it look like he can play the piano, don't we? And the answer to that question is yes, we do. But they didn't use that in this movie.
0: <laughs> Actually, Paul, well, Ryan Gosling can play the piano. Well, he sort of could play the piano. It's just that the trailer didn't sync up the music right with him in his playing scenes for the corresponding music. So instead of a Liberace, you get more like Sonny from It's a Living. <laughs>
1: Deep
3: <laughs> Deeper than most. Yeah. <laughs> and if that's not ambitious enough, this film is also a musical. It's common for movies to have songs in them. It's just uncommon for none of those songs to be by Katy Perry.
0: The dream, according to this movie, is following your dream. Well, if it's a dream, then they cast everyone's dream guy and girl. Most people in L.A. are so busy following their dream that they probably won't find time to see this.
3: This comes from director Damien Chazelle. Having told the story of a drummer in Whiplash and a piano player in Grand Piano, his movies had almost formed a band anyway. So this is a (laughs) natural progression to a jazz trilogy. Next up, an action movie about the bass. You're slapping the bass, Mike.
0: J.K. Simmons also shows up reprising his Whiplash role. He does? Well, I think he does. You're fired.
5: It's Christmas. Yeah, I see the decorations. Good luck in the new year.
0: Okay. Well, he's not the exact same character as he was in Whiplash, but he doesn't, But he seems to be playing a jerk again. Let's just say you'd be hard-pressed to see a movie called J.K. Simmons shovels out your driveway, carries in your presents, and then starts baking you cookies.
3: I read one review that said they don't make movies like this anymore, and when you watch the preview, you'll know why. The trailer doesn't show a single car chase, mm-hmm. gunfight, or explosion. Come on, movie, this is the holiday season. At least have someone getting hit in the balls, for Christ's sake.
0: <laughs> this is either a period piece or a piece right, right. merely about a period without cell phones. It's probably a, per- <laughs> probably
3: a period piece because between this, The Nice Guys, and Gangster Squad, Gosling loves finding himself trapped in time period L.A. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Again, we haven't seen this, but I'm going to go on on a limb and say this film is an inaccurate reflection of L.A. as a movie doesn't look shallow.
3: Oh. There you go, that's
0: true. Looks Stylish, artistic,
3: fun. light as a feather. And from what I've heard of early reviews, this is like a huge festival hit. Yeah. It is. It, it is, looks
0: so much fun. It looks like a lot of fun. It
3: apparently is hopeful. Oh, Which that's you don't get nice. from movies anymore. Well,
0: it is getting to be Christmas time. So we'll do the hopeful now. And then on Christmas Day, we open the really sad, serious yeah. movies. Yeah. Some people yes.
2: will be bombed on Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah. They
0: always do that. Isn't that when Schneider's List or something came yeah. out? Oh, yeah. Big holiday <sighs> smash.
2: I am curious about the whether or not this is a period piece because it reminds me of what happened in um, what was the, the Clint Eastwood boxing girl movie, Girl Million boxing? Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Baby. baby. Yeah. I couldn't tell what decade that took yeah. place in because <laughs> yeah. somebody was holding a phone next to a fax machine, next to a rotary phone, next to a <laughs> telegraph, <laughs> playing on a computer. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> and this hat seems to have that kind of like, yeah. is it today? Well, the font, the font
3: contributes to that. It's sort of old school Art Deco font. You know, they're trying yep. to think make it seem out of place yet it's of this
0: Also type. the costuming is very Dick Tracy.
2: Yes. You know? Very, uh, what are they? What yeah, was the, solid uh, colors. Bright. All the primary colors. Um, what's Classic the, cuts. What's the color color thing that the we used palette? to The palette? No, the color film used to do this. The color wheel? Technicolor? No, technicolor. <laughs> <thing>. technicolor, <laughs> yes. technicolor, yes. What's that technical way of coloring things (laughs) that they had? Bouchard. Never mind.
0: Move on. (laughs) The the actor is Bouchard. (laughs) It looks very technical. It's Mark Bouchard.
4: Lawrence (laughs) Chesterton. No, it looks like a classic uh, Hollywood musical.
0: Oh, one thing I do want to say is Ryan Gosling is always kissing people like... Po- like the perfect his special skill is I'm going to kiss you on camera because mm. he does that it, it's the perfect dreamy eyes well it's also just he does it from the side his face doesn't squish in he doesn't get a double chin he's just got it down
2: wow he's paid attention to in this in the
0: notebook he's all about kissing her and that yep. scene is really in here in this preview it's all about getting that kiss just right
2: uh, I, and he plays the piano we goofed on him but he the he does the piano. play the piano yeah. well what I learned Uh maybe you learned something else, is that he is not a pianist. He doesn't know how to read music. What he did was practice just the songs that were... Being used in the in the right. uh, in the movie, and they actually did record all of the songs with another pianist, and he was simply going to motion through them. But he was able to actually mimic them enough to to actually That's play them. Brilliant! Yeah. That's yeah. called
0: uh, a dedicated actor. Yeah. That's why. No, I would want to know what I was doing if I was an actor. I wouldn't want to be faking it too much.
2: Well,
3: Miles Teller did the same thing with Blash. So there's yeah. precedent oh. for Damien Chazelle to work with someone who really knows what's going on.
0: Well, gotcha. you feel more confident. He I can play hate the drums. When I just cannot stand when I watch people play guitar and they're just so—they're uh, not even trying to get it right. <laughs> yeah. It's embarrassing. What are you talking about? Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> on the GMAs, how embarrassing. Yeah, and in that
2: movie, Country Strong. Uh, right?
0: Just take some time and learn. It's three chords. It's I was country. Just saying,
2: can't you fake three power yes, chords?
0: Yes, you can. Yeah.
4: Now, not only—not only is not only this feel classic Hollywood, but I've watched a, a lot of old movies in the last few years. A couple jobs I had required me to watch like uh, hundreds of old movies. Every other movie back in the day is about a movie being made. Yeah. Like there was such yeah. majesty to what Hollywood was, especially when you couldn't just cross the country and come here dude, or dude, and also
0: again, talk about having a location at your fingertips. If you're a movie making yeah. place, make yeah. a movie about a movie making place.
2: Exactly. Brilliant. Exactly. But before
0: I, Blumhouse they were doing it. Shot
2: in Toronto, oddly enough. Uh. <laughs> well,
3: now <it> would
4: be. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
3: All right, well enough but. new movies. I can't wait to see La La Land ever since I heard about it out there on the festival circuit and the director of Whiplash and those two stars. I'm in.
0: I know we don't do what did you see this week, but Paul and I last week, uh, last night, just last night we went to see The Founder with Michael Keaton. Oh, fantastic! McDonald's about movie. McDonald's.
3: Oh, he's so back. It's he's so great. So good. Well, Michael Keaton yeah, he plays so Ray Kroc. and uh, oh, yeah.
0: that story is fantastic. It's really well. That movie's made. all story. That movie.
3: It's never not telling you the plot because there's so much plot to get through about how McDonald's came into existence.
0: So interesting. And when we were done, we went to McDonald's. It was fantastic. I had
3: that same reaction to supersize me. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I brought that up (laughs) to somebody. I saw a friend of the show, Robert Buscemi there, and I told him uh, that, that, yeah, that that's... Like you, you see, super size me. You just want to go out yeah. and have McDonald's. So hungry. After I learned that movie. nothing. Do yeah. not
0: go to the founder completely hungry though, because uh, right at the beginning they're showing these McDonald's burgers before you know the old school, like when we were kids, the really yummy, juicy ones. When they had meat in them. <gasps> mm. Mm. They look delicious. Yeah, free. So
3: this is. Yeah. I mean, they're piling it on, as I mentioned. So you're going to get great movies coming out every week, uh, and we'll go see Jackie. Maybe report on how it was. And I can't wait to see this. But let's go. I can't wait
0: to see the pudding fight with Marilyn.
3: (laughs) That's going to be the best part. (laughs) I love it. Let's get to our guest segment. (laughs) We'll take 10 seconds of break and be right back with one of the subjects of the new documentary Magicians Life in the Impossible. Mm. (gasps) John Armstrong. Hang tight. back with our guest, one of four magicians featured in the new documentary, Magician's Life in the Impossible. He's appeared on the Today Show and Tonight Show and everything in between, John Armstrong. <laughs> hey. Hey.
5: Thanks, guys. Hey. I'd
2: this like is- to yeah. thank John for bringing my wallet back. Um, <laughs> ah. Although mine was brown, I'll just, uh, I'll take it anyway. Thank you, John. I just found <laughs> that. You can have it.
3: So uh, I went to the premiere of this, and then uh, everyone uh, else here at the table got to see the film uh, since then. Uh, It's great, but tell everyone uh, generally what it's all about so I don't miss any of the key points.
5: Sure. It's about uh, four magicians who uh, you probably never heard of, including myself. And uh, we all uh, just do this for a living. We all do magic for a living, however you... Do that, and uh, that's really what the story is about. Four like, different ways, yeah. yeah, in four different ways. Uh, uh, one gentleman who's trying to get a TV show. Uh, There's myself who's just kind of just go out and grind my act. And a gentleman who was at one point uh, Johnny Carson's favorite magician, but that's a kind of a uh, that's a credit that doesn't get you far these days. <laughs> and uh, where are you going to go with yeah. that? And then another gentleman who's like a stage illusionist and does a big big stage illusions that kind of thing, which I don't do. So and then how you decide to follow your dreams to be able to actually go out and uh, and do something like this for a living and decide, okay, I'm going to starve and between this and actually try to get going and uh, hopefully uh, achieve that. So this is how, like people ask me all the time, how does one make a living doing magic if you watch this movie? You'd be able to find out.
3: So there's ups and downs in the two hours, or hour and a half
5: of the movie. Oh yeah, ups and downs. Uh, so, but how how <laughs> it's long? It's the saddest movie ever made. <laughs> it's the saddest movie ever made. How
3: long were you covered though by the filmmaking crew?
5: Uh about four years, four and a half oh, years. Wow. Oh wow,
0: yeah. that, so that explains can get a, nice a lot. Okay, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that
2: actually does help. Yeah. A little bit with some of the things that happened. A lot happened. Very quickly. Yeah. It seemed very yeah, quickly things right, happened right, in yeah. that movie. I'm like. Well that's unfortunate. <laughs>
0: and I just have a technical question about how they would cover you. Is it one of these things where you were in contact with the filmmakers? You said oh next next week I'm going to visit my mom. I'll let them know so they can come cover it. Or were they with you a lot of those four hours? Uh, it, four was, years? They
5: weren't like fa- it was like a reality show. They weren't following okay. me. But they would ask me what do you got coming up? And I'd be like I got this this and this. And they're like okay can we come, can we come to that? Okay. And most of the time I would say no. Oh. Uh, Why is that? <laughs> because I just get to, at some points I just got so annoyed with them. <laughs> ah, I was ah, like ah. stop it. Uh, stop being there and uh, like you filming me in the bathroom and stuff, and it was ridiculous. But uh, but then uh, but but yeah. And then sometimes I'm like, yeah, no, of course. And they would insist. Uh, the, the filmmakers, uh, Marcy and uh, Christoph, are uh, very smart people. People like Marcy friends. Hume and Christoph. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh Christoph uh, Brandon, German. It's German. I know it's Brannan German. He's being, he Rindman. is going to be so upset at me right now.
0: That's all right. You just doing a Fletch impersonation, Brandon.
5: Right. I've all... see seen it on Facebook. They followed him <laughs> every day for four years. Oop, forgot your name. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Christoph. I knew his first name. That's I all I knew. <laughs> that's all I needed. But uh yeah, then the, uh, they would they would come on with, with me to certain things. So it uh, it was interesting how. They always ended up getting something, I guess, that was good for the film. Because there were so many mundane gigs that didn't let them come on and nothing happened. And then they ended up getting there for the stuff that, I guess, uh, stuff happened in.
2: Now, you said that it was kind of a, a, a movie about four different ways to make a living at Magic. When I watched it, I actually thought I saw four different people at four different stages of their career so you clearly that's had true the, too I think yeah, oh but, yeah there's definitely there's
5: that is yeah. an element to it I, I don't doubt that but I wouldn't say that our, our like for example like my my career versus like um David's career like we're basically doing the exact same things he just has a different trajectory and different I- idea yeah. of way to going he's going a different path I wouldn't say that we're at different stages in our career as much as we're going on different paths in our career mm-hmm. so it's th- there and then there's obviously then a guy like Brian who's obviously at a different stage in his career mm-hmm. and uh, and then when you go out and you have to promote yourself as a stage illusionist which is a very odd thing especially in Vegas It's a cutthroat market mm-hmm. uh, extremely cutthroat market um, that he is doing something on a completely different path but again it's different you know, I'm like it's not necessarily. I'm the beginning of my career, and he's the start end of his career. It's more or less like some career path, like timeline stuff, and then just some like different approaches to getting making a living at the art. So, who was the German? What was that guy's name? Uh, Jan Wooven Jan, Jan Wooven. Wooven. I, I for years I would just say that to Marcy I'd be like are oh, you going to film Jan Wooven today uh, yeah exactly. John, Jan Wooven.
0: did you get to meet all those people crazy story. I know
5: I know Brian uh, I've known Brian for years uh-huh. way before uh, Brian Gillis Brian Gillis yeah and then I knew David from the castle you know I, we were friendly um, and then I think I met Jan like twice, uh, I, I, you know, it's just someone I would never, my, my world would never really cross mm-hmm. into, I guess, I saw a show, It's a good show, yeah. uh, and, uh, he came and saw me at the castle once. As
0: Perhaps you could have more dancers in your show. Sure. Just like he
2: does. I want dancers. dancers. I want to know what's up with Frank. Who's Frank? Frank? You, Jan Uven's buddy. Friendo.
0: That's his manager. Manager Ooh, Manager
2: and partner. I think
1: partner.
5: I believe they were actually Guy yeah, who watches a do
1: uh nineteen
0: sixties oh, calisthenics
5: in so the front lawn. That was so That fun. was more CrossFit y stuff, I think. Was was CrossFit. CrossFit. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were they, 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 they did like um like uh, what do you call it? what is a thing? Like tai Chi type of thing. No, it's lunges. Like, they were doing. Lunges. They were lunges. There were some lunges. They were lunges,
0: yeah. and then they were like pushing down. on they were both on the pool by the pool, and they were doing that back and, push. And
5: They're dying. doing burpees. <laughs> we're definitely doing burpees. burpees, that's yeah.
4: burpees. Okay. I think, yeah, I am in charge of watching him do burpees.
0: <laughs> that's, that was essentially that scene.
5: That was that scene.
0: They yes. were, yeah. Because exactly you know, some burpee. magicians
5: start to eat. But, that, that, but that's a perfect example. Of oh, a, that's a so great example because I was actually super fat. There. That's
0: another reason yeah, why I hate so watching that film. I am so fat. <laughs> He's not anymore. Check out the YouTube page. Uh, boy.
3: <laughs> yeah, so How much weight did you lose? since? Uh, about 75 pounds. Nice.
0: nice. Good wow. for you. Thanks. Well, well done. He made it disappear. So I was just going to uh, say, we avoided
3: a disappear, and then
5: you jumped uh, in. Yeah. The joke I always
3: make I at the, the Q&As, this, this,
5: this is the joke. I, I love saying this joke. People say, I get on there like, oh, you look so good now. I go, oh, no, I've always looked this way. Uh, I, the camera just adds 75 pounds.
3: Nice. <laughs> All right. Now, did, was there ever a risk of, like, no, I don't want the camera
5: to see how I do
3: various oh, illusions?
5: No, the, we one of the things that Marcy and Christoph, whose name I can't remember, uh, <laughs> what they uh, what they were very, very, very explicit about from the very beginning, or I think we would not have been able to, has been open about anything, is that we're even though if we film something, we promise you it is never going, uh, never going to see the light of day. You would never, we'll never actually show how a trick works to the general public. We're not going to do that. That's not what this film is about. It's something we want to do. So we were—they were very, very, very particular about that, which was great. So we were very then we were comfortable. We didn't care if they shot at a weird angle or whatever, because we knew that footage would not have actually landed into the uh, into the movie. So it was great have yeah. you
3: ever wanted to do like big i mean you just said it'd be great to have dancing girls but really dancing girls tiger
5: the big stage you ever no, want that? I mean, to me that's like saying look to a classical musician you ever really yeah. want to be in a rock band right. i mean like it's a different thing <laughs> i mean it's a completely different thing like i just that's not the ki- i appreciate that magic in fact illusion
1: yeah.
5: artistry and being able to create those designs to create those boxes and do the sort of thing that goes behind it and the and and making it seem like the performer is doing the magic and not the box is doing the magic that's probably the hardest thing in magic right. in general like yeah. it's Seriously, I have total respect for those guys. It's just not something that I would want to do. Blitz. I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the uh, wind blown, you know, shirt open uh, kind of guy. That's candles. One of my things. And why the candles. did the
4: German guy have that wind blown like that? He came over with that look. Like that is a legitimate magic look. Yeah. You saw him, and I was like, ah, he's got the hair wind blown
0: back they, and the, the revealing V dude, chest. Dude, they kept cutting to him fixing his hair. Was it weird. was a wonderful through line.
2: I no. do have a question about. Presentations sure. of, of ma- ma- magicians. Why is it so many of them, And I'm a big magic fan, frequenter of the castle. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, big fan. The magic castle. Yeah, the I mean, I, if I could do it all over again, well, I'd be a race car driver, and then, and then a movie star, and then a magician. But <laughs> I mean, it's definitely on the list of things I would do An again journalist. with my life. Um, why do they all seem to have a very similar pattern and a very similar uh, way of moving and holding things and using their hands? So many times the gestures are so dramatic that you can tell they're doing it so that it doesn't look weird when they have to hide the trick. For instance, they just never point to a card that's always some kind of like weird hand manipulation
0: when it's Sometimes na- I use little plungers. It's Sometimes crazy. Sometimes a plunger. <laughs> but you, do you know what I'm asking?
5: I know what you're saying. Um, Why not well, just be
2: I, I, a little more casual without, about your setup? Without
5: being yes. completely derogatory to my entire <laughs> art form, I will be very <laughs> honest about something, which I like, guess I'm known for. Is that lots of magicians suck? Um, they do. It's like they're really not good at it. Yeah. And uh, and what most movies are bad. And what ends up yeah. happening? Yeah. And what ends up happening is that guys get very stilted. They get they're they're not they're they they are thinking about what they're doing and they're not they're they're not completely there yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're so if you see a lot of magic at the Magic Castle, and again Magic Castle is some place a place I love and a place I was associated with for years. You know you you there's not all with not every act you're going to see is the best magician in the world. But I there's so many it, magicians. I there, see so. even
2: with really skilled magicians who are very good at, at the trick, but the presentation and the, and the manipulation of things. For example, uh, the Amazing Jonathan is the exception to what I'm saying. I really like watching The Amazing Jonathan because he just kind of talks to you without a patter and he handles his, his tools without any real theatrics. He just does the thing. Right, trick. but he's
5: doing a parody of a magic show because there's not a single magic effect in his act. He
2: doesn't, the, the lemon, he cuts the lemon and the dollar inside the lemon?
5: No, that's, I mean, that's barely, it's, I mean, that's the one trick in like an hour show. Yeah, I mean, and the rest is stand-up. Yeah, the <laughs> rest is stand-up. The rest is a parody of magic in general and that's fine. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a, that's a great thing. I mean, take a look at Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller are doing like uh, pol- political stuff and yeah. stuff about their their thoughts about religion and psychics and how they don't like this or that or whatever and they're actually putting a lot of um, uh, thinking into what they do you know and we're talking about the windblown stuff and mm-hmm. you know and that sort of that cl- cliche but the guys who were doing that amazingly, the guy who started all that was Copperfield. When you still see Copperfield show, Copperfield was yeah. is the originator. The, the sad thing is, just much like in com uh, much like in, uh, in stand up comedy yeah. or a lot of things, there's a lot of people who copy other people, and they can get just they can get just far enough in their career copying, so they don't do anything original. It seems like if they you stop. could just
2: be, if you could just break that mold, you would you would as a magician, not you. John Armstrong but just as a magician you would go so no, much I'm further. No, I'm very good. Because well no because you would have a <laughs> but so John, much a different persona. John than did find
0: else. his own voice. Uh, that's kind of what you're looking for is your own voice your own way of being. Yeah. And I I that. I noticed that it was very different obviously About than the, the
4: German. And, and and to reference the plunger thing yeah, is I'd you love uh, that. your famous uh, sure. uh, at least what a I saw plunger, on the, yeah. the Penn & Teller show was you do the little plunger to pick the the cards and everything. Yeah. And, and so when you find a signature like that is that do you finally like is that becoming your sort of stage persona? Which came first, the, the the plunger, or or sort of your own persona that you were working on? Uh, or I, signature, say, I guess. I would say
5: that to. the the way that the voice that I finally found to perform magic in. Came from a lot of different places, and it's a very long story. and It's probably kind of boring, but the but the the main point is that I finally got to the point where I was like, "Oh, okay, this is who I am. I'm just going to be excited about who I am and put that out to the audience mm-hmm. and and throw that out there. The more um, think about it, the best stand up. I keep going back to stand up for some reason, but the stand up you see, are guys who are coming from an actual honest place and yeah. trying to put that out into the into the world. And I didn't necessarily want to do anything political like Penatello would, but I wanted to put who I was and be honest about it and put it out in the world. And so once I had found that voice, things like the tiny plunger and stuff like that—the sort of a little bit of whimsy that I was adding and a personification to the prop—and sort of like trying to take things that can be considered to be very mundane, because come on, we've all seen very bad, boring card tricks, and make them it makes something really interesting and exciting out of it, and uh, something where you actually want to like cheer cheer along the little uh, the little story of what's going on, and uh, as opposed to being spoken at, which I think goes back to your, what you were talking about earlier. Um, spoken at I wanted to make an experience for everybody there so that what they they wouldn't felt like they were not seeing an act they were part of an actual experience an actual sort of a a happening well
0: let me ask you this because you were just saying that you're doing uh, cruise ships more often now yeah and that's a bigger auditorium and a bigger I'm I'm guessing because we used to do cruise ships too so it's a bigger venue did you? Is it easy? That'd be tricky to bring all those people in because it seemed like in the movie it was always a very intimate audience, and that seemed to make sense you're a close for me. Close-up magician. Yeah, I am a close-up
5: magician, uh, but I'm also I'm also a stand-up magician, so yeah. I can do stand-up magic. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I do basically the same act uh, that I do, but I just do in a stand-up. And there's a thing called a, a TV uh, camera. Oh, and, they, uh, you're another, actually incorporating another that? thing called a screen oh, and so you have right. this big screen and the <laughs> camera and you can play it out and i don't actually do um the only trick i actually do that's a close-up trick in my stand-up show is tiny plunger that's like 10 minutes long um but other than that everything else is just me and, and a microphone you know like a stand-up comic but basically doing magic and talking and oh, cool. doing okay. bits and yeah that's
3: give fun. it explain the tiny plunger real quick
5: well, the Tiny Plunger is if you look up uh if you google uh Tiny Plunger uh, Pen and Teller or or my name John Armstrong J O N uh you will find it uh you'll see my performance on um on Pen and Teller. Basically, it's um he's my little friend and he finds cards and does other interesting amazing things and you uh you follow his little adventures. Uh, it's with, my with favorite Elton
2: John song. Tiny Plunger. Tiny Holding me closer, closer. Tiny plunger.
3: Hold
5: me
2: closer. Tiny plunger. Who, who are your inspirations?
5: Uh Pen and Teller. Yes. Uh, I would say that's for sure. And uh, But in magicians, you've probably never heard of a guy named uh, Martin Nash, who was a Canadian magician who uh, did sort of like gambling cheating acts with the magic. And another guy named um, uh, Leonard Green, who you might see, he's actually got some videos out there um, that the main public have seen. And uh, he was an amazing Swedish magician who did just insane things with cards, and mostly with cards. Uh, that's
2: the kind of magic that I was really interested in. I
5: was really interested in cards from a very early age.
2: What is the hierarchy of respect for acts? Because I, when I see stage shows, who's the prop comic of? Well, <laughs> or, uh. what, what I mean to say is, when I see stage shows and swords are going through boxes and people are not getting stabbed, I, that to me is—it's just I know there's a gimmick. I know it's a fake sword. I know it's a box. For me, close-up and and sleight of hand is a more skilled mm-hmm. execution of of magic and not so much a prop or a gimmick laden. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is there that? Uh, division among magicians or do you or stage acts really what you're all trying to accomplish or no not necessarily
5: i would say that uh, i think magicians who Look down upon other bits of magicians because there's, there's mentalists. There's guys who do like mind magic, and there's a lot of mentalists who look down on other magicians as though they. Really, mentalists are the worst. Right. So you have, you have that, and then Sorry, you have it. mentalists. Then you have like close-up guys who are like hardcore close-up card guys, uh, who, which I would consider myself one of them. Who then look down along
2: stage illusionists. And, and, and
1: you and should.
5: I,
2: if- you, you've got the pecking order right. <laughs> yeah. It goes close-up. And then under that a stage and under that is mentalist bull
5: and crime. crime. And then, but, uh, <laughs> and then but 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 no seriously it's my opinion that if you looked at if you if you somehow cut yourself off from another part of the art form then you're an idiot. Yeah, then you're an idiot. Yeah, they, I uh, agree with that. You need to like learn as much as you possibly can from everybody and uh, again transcending the prop like Making somebody, because some mm. of the best magicians I've ever seen who are stage magicians, um, still the best magic show I ever saw in my life was David Copperfield in 1997. I saw him do uh, Dreams of Nightmares. Is that the one where he lays on the sword and
2: goes through the sword? Uh, that was amazing.
5: That he, he was the one, actually, where he did Flying uh, oh, yes. and yeah. the Audience oh. Vanish. Yeah. And uh, best show I ever saw in my entire life. Because no one believed it had anything to do anything other than him. He was able mm. to transcend the prop. And the best magicians, especially in that era, uh, in that area – Transcend the prop. You never think about the prop. You just think about how this guy is doing something insanely amazing.
0: And he's sleeping with Claudia Schiffer. Yeah, yeah. That's that was, what I think. Biggest yeah. trick he's he ever pulled that,
5: off. Not yeah. a bad bit. He did that to me at,
3: at in my house. He slept with you. He That's slept amazing. He this slept is crazy. With me. Oh my god. No, he freaked me out. He freaked me out, and I was at home because he was doing a TV special, and he did the whole thing where he put twelve numbers up like the numbers of a oh, clock. Yeah. He, I remember sure. That. Of course. And he said, "Put your number on ones." I'm like, "All right." And I put it on one. and He said, "Now move your hand over here." All right. Now move your hand three this way and three numbers that way or two numbers that way and boom and then i'm going to take some away and your finger's probably still in a number i'm like yeah and sure enough it, it ended up that my finger was on the only one left after he took a bunch away and he was underneath it and he pops out from behind it. it's the six and i stepped away from my television I'm like no! <laughs> you
1: know, See, but some crazy like that. numerology thing <laughs> got me around uh, it's just amazing
2: tricks like that for to me are all just numbers right but I had a very similar experience with Penn & Teller many, many years ago when I was like 9 or 10 or 11 years old, when they first came out. And I think they had Cruel Tricks for Dear Friends out at that time. Great and point. you could buy this, and uh, one of the bits was a bit that used a VCR. Oh, sure. Now, know exactly what talking about. This, this, is, this is a moment in history that where everything just lined up. <laughs> so I, I barely know who Penn & Teller are. Actually, I might not even at that time. And VCRs have just come out. And my best friend... Is, uh, is a kid who's all his brothers are really intellectual, his father's electrical engineer, and going to his house and watching Masterpiece Theater was not uncommon. They always had something nutty on the TV that didn't look like real television to me because it was always PBS. Right. So, and, and, Where's John Ritter falling down? Exactly. Where is it? yeah. It's not here. <laughs> Why does this guy have an accent? <laughs> And, and Robert, is his name, would always do magic for me, and his dad was an amateur magician. And so one day, Robert did a trick that didn't go right, and I was just happy for it to fail for him, right? And he says, you know what, why don't we watch some TV? And he turns on the television, and there's a guy reading the news, and in the middle of the news, he goes, oh, this just in, is this your card? And it was the card that he had just forced on me in the trick, Sure. and it was Penn reading the news. I literally (laughs) lost my mind (laughs) because there's a guy on TV... (laughs) Talking to me about the card that I just saw in Robert's kitchen. TV can't be faked. Right. Oh my God! I'm, I ran I'm
5: around. Gonna, that I'm going to correct you. The card you freely chose. Yes. The yeah.
2: card yeah.
1: you freely chose <laughs>
2: of any of the cards you
1: wanted.
5: I have no idea what you're talking about using but that F word. But
2: like I said, it was this great moment where everything in history lined up. Where he turned on the VCR and I didn't pay attention to that because I he had just bought one, right? He was the only kid in the neighborhood that had a VCR, so I didn't know how those work. So when the TV came on, I just thought, oh, the TV came on. And it was this really <laughs> cheesy news program that I thought, I'm sure this is PBS giving me the news now. And I had no idea who Penn Jillette was. Oh, it was brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Oh, that's, brilliant. So oh, that's a great, Yeah, that's so, great. Bad. I do have a very serious question, oh. though. Um do you ever, bring it down for a second. Yeah, um, <laughs> if we could just get a little <laughs> heavy. Do you ever get tired of not being able to wear all your shirts with the sleeves rolled down? Because <laughs> you put on nice shirts and then you go, oh, got to roll them up. <laughs> you got a nice jacket, then you got a scrunch up. up. It, yeah. no, I,
5: I purposely buy th- clothes now that are uh, too you know, short. Like, uh, no, the the the, um, the one part of the sleeve, like the the the, the cuff of the sleeve, yeah. is it like a nice design? So when I pull it up, it's actually
2: like, it oh yes, over yeah, the, yes. the cam oh, yeah. from Modern Family. He does that all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it looks nice to me. Like, uh,
5: when I lost all the weight, it was like the first thing I did was I bought a bunch of Ted Baker suits. I'm like, I'm celebrating
2: <laughs> this, <laughs> that I can actually wear clothes now. I always feel bad for magicians who put on really nice clothes and then when they do their act, they go, eh, scrunch him up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, two important questions first of all uh have you ever been told you look like alan tiddick is that his name oh oh, yeah, yeah, oh, a, it's yeah. fantastic yeah, from, from, he's uh, so good
5: some firefly yeah.
0: yeah you just put on some pirate outfit you'll look like him hey, from Dodge dodgeball ball. all
2: right mm-hmm. martin mole
0: and martin mole that's good too <laughs> uh okay and secondly was it i can't remember i think it was you that you went to visit your mom Yes, and she sure. was saying how proud she was? Yes. I cried like a baby. Aww. I love your mom. It's the
5: saddest movie ever. I told oh you
0: my that. goodness. I, she's she was just so proud of you. She is. It was really, really sweet. Yeah. Okay. It's I sad, love that moment.
5: Just like life. It was no so
0: wonderful <laughs> She's just so proud. Well, Good let's go for her. let's she go back adorable.
1: to that. So your, your
4: your parent, you had
3: parents who supported your move into uh
1: yeah, my dad died it's when magic. I was
5: seventeen. Uh, kind of a tragic accident, and uh, my mom. Thanks, Paul. Uh, no, no, I'm just saying. And then, you know, just I was I was trying to brush past that as fast as possible to go back to the answer to this question. Um, but it, so no, I, uh, I that happened. in my but uh, they were always my mom. My dad was supportive before, and my mom was supportive after, and they really wanted that to, to for me to do that. So yeah, no, I was I was lucky in that way. And you ended up working at Disney. I did. I had my own show, Walt Disney World, when I was 20. I grew up in Orlando, wow. Florida, cultural center of the world. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Land of opportunity, if you were a roller coaster. <laughs> and uh, lines right from the act. Can you tell? Uh, I was going to say. Can you tell? Can you tell? Out. Lines right from the act.
4: Now, if you could just take this one card.
5: Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Hold on to this. Hold on to this. So, I, uh, so yeah, no, I, I grew up there, and then when I moved... Um, I lived, lived lived in Orlando for until I was 25. Uh, from 20 to 25, I did my show at Epcot at the Walt Disney Walt Disney World, and I had I, I performed in a fake British accent. Did and, you? Uh, yeah, I had to. It was part of the job. Good. Wow. Well, out
3: That's on the street there in front of in the World no, Showcase? No, I was in the pub. Or? I was
5: in the Rosecrown pub. And then I also would yeah. then sub for my mentor, when I met my mentor, Terry Ward, when I was 14, I would sub for him because he still works at the park to this day. 28 years later, five shows a day, five days a week for 28 years. No one has done more magic than that guy. That's cool. And That's uh, he, wow. um, I would, he would when he couldn't do things, I would do like perform at the Diamond Horseshoe when that still was a, a show, and I did a show at the like a street show on the Boardwalk, uh, and then I would do um, like corporate events all over the Disney hotels and stuff. So yeah, I like basically that became my five year. University of Magic. That's yeah. where I learned everything. And uh, and then I left there and I went to Vegas. I did a show in Las Vegas for, uh, for about a year called Caesar's Magical Empire. And when that show closed, I realized that I did not want to live in Vegas mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> because Vegas is basically like... Um, uh, like the uh, like a, like the world took a trailer, all the trailer parks, and just kind of push them together <laughs> into one location.
0: That is a wonderful description. And uh, <laughs>
5: yes. and so I decided, okay, that's done. I'm done with this, and I moved to LA. And uh, mostly to be around the castle, mostly be around the Magic Castle. So,
3: oh, well, well, tell us about your involvement then in the castle.
5: Uh, well, you held uh, a high, a rather prestigious position. I did. Right? I was the, well, I was chairman of the board of trustees, uh, for a few years. Uh, I was on the board for eight years. I was the youngest person to ever be on the board. Still the youngest person I think they ever been on the board, and um, get elected. And then um, I was uh, on that board. and We helped run the castle through some very turbulent times. And now we're doing really well.
2: Were you there when the whole land grab thing was going on? Yeah, I was, was there through the, that. And then I they was, got the new management. Was was and yep,
5: and I was yeah. there through that. And I was there through the coup. And then when the yes. president resigned, and I was through all the whole thing. And then when, when, when NP eight. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris took, took over the reins. I was basically. Uh, there's two boards of operations. is so in the weeds. Here we go. Uh, well, but I should
3: I should well, preface by saying, for those of you who yeah, don't know, is, Los Angeles oh, right, the Magic exactly. Castle is a private club for magicians. Yeah. And it's writers. a mansion. Yes, it's, important. Beautiful. Yeah, it's a gorgeous, historic mansion.
5: Yeah, so one board is like the operational board, and then there's the main board. There was an advisory board that was basically for magicians for running the magic type of things. And I was the chairman of that board. And so I, was got, I got to be the. Um, sort of like Speaker of the House to Neil Patrick Harris' as president, which was kind of nice. And, uh, uh, through some really turbulent times, and we were able to help save the place, including the fire when the, the place caught on fire and could have burnt down and a bunch of other things. Because the
4: place looks like one big fire code violation. <laughs>
5: uh, yeah. It's up, to, it's up to code now, sir. It's up to code now. I you, I I, uh,
2: I'm pretty sure that's the case. Are you responsible for them getting rid of the beef wellington on the menu? Oh, it's still on the menu. What are you talking what? about? It was oh, gone for a while, because, right? Because yes. wasn't there a different restaurant? So here's, yeah, here's what I know. Yeah, they had changed a bunch I of want you things. to correct me. because I will totally correct please. you. So far, I've enjoyed it. So the restaurant... I have actually too. Managed, actually, John. the restaurant is managed
5: by a separate entity. It's like It used to be that way. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's not, not like that way any longer. longer. Oh. No, that's part of the coup that happened. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Boy, so in the weeds. You guys must be loving this at home. <laughs> okay. I hope uh, you guys are enjoying this. The cool thing this. about the
4: Magic Castle for the, for the the, the the common person is that there is a big uh, castle mansion that's just all magic, and and you go in there, <laughs> and, and, there's and there's a it dungeon,
0: look, and there's close-up magic. It looks, it looks and like a house from
4: Clue, and then people are just doing cards
0: everywhere. And you have to wear fancy clothes to get in men have to wear a jacket (gasps) you have to be
2: invited i need to talk to you about this i am sorry secret entrance Boy, bar is on fire tonight (laughs) i i i had an experience with the castle Uh. through uh through part of that right so i was going to it before all that happened sure when it was hard to get in when they really uh stuck to the dress code and then it seemed like they were letting everybody in everyone had a gold card everyone was just handing out um, these these free passes and there's like a year where it's just hapless rabble. They were packing it with way too many people. They were mm. overbooking it. They should have built a wall around and it. And this was I think when the, the restaurant issue was, was yeah. <laughs> I do. I want to be I want to know that I might get kicked out.
5: That's right? true. Well I'm telling you now you it will get be kicked out. I think John
2: could arrange
0: that. I, 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 were,
5: I will make a, I will personally make sure that happens. <laughs>
3: From here on, yeah, your name's on a list. Bart, (laughs) hope you enjoyed your time. You're on a no fly
0: list of the magic castle. (laughs) You haven't been
5: back in a while. I tell I can tell you. I know I went back as a guest of Teller's just uh in March. Wow, name drop. Uh, Ah, absolutely. (laughs) I didn't didn't know who he was at the castle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who's that guy?
2: (laughs) I was dropping that name,
1: yeah, every 20 (laughs) feet in that castle.
3: (laughs) Well, uh, let's uh wait. Before we do, do you have any magic you can do for us? Can, uh, can magic be done on the radio?
5: It's it's really t- actually I want to try to do something uh, for people at home. This is I I you were talking before about sort of like maffy things and mm-hmm. things like that. But uh, all right, so this is a weird thing. All right, uh, look look at one hand. Put it out. Put it out like this. All right, and uh, let's start on the uh, the pinky. All right, and now you're going to put your, uh, your one finger on the pinky. And uh, you're going to move that finger uh, five times, ho- move the other finger back and forth on the fingers however you want. So for example, uh, I can go one, two, three, four, five. So that'd be a random finger, right? If I went one, two, three, four. Five, I can do that. So my point is you're just going back and forth as many times as you want. So you want one, two, three, four, five, or however you wanted to, okay. just do that. So right oh, now, but they have thumb? to be in succession. Your thumb is part of your fingers. Okay. Let's, let's from now on, we're going to say yeah, thumbs are yeah. fingers, all, right. all five of the fingers. Ready? So so ready? Okay. Uh, do that for me. So uh, move your finger back and forth. the uh, uh, one, two, three, four, five. So right now you should be on a finger. Okay. Yes? Yes. And uh, I can guarantee the audience at home uh, are not on the thumb and not on the pinky. So just go ahead and pull those down so we have three fingers up. Okay, okay great.
0: Just like the Girl Scouts. Excellent. This All
5: right. Now you're going to, whatever finger you're on now, you're just going to move it over to the next available finger. Got it? Uh-huh. Take the other two and put them down. Woo! We're and from- I think I think you <laughs> all yeah. understand exactly how I feel about
2: this Radio Magic stuff.
1: Yay, so there you go. Are you awesome. familiar That's with that. Them?
2: Are you familiar with the greatest Radio Magician ever, um, uh, the Amazing Mono?
5: Is this <laughs> your card? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I tweeted this. <laughs> 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 okay,
3: stop this. That is amazing. <laughs> Great. For the record, those of you listening at home, that Adam picked the three of clubs, and then it was revealed... The Amazing Mono revealed the three of clubs as well. And so. now for my third and final trick. <laughs> okay, yeah, See, the Amazing Mono had to have his tricks explained, so the radio wasn't all that amazing.
2: Maybe I you're see. more familiar with Mysterio, the greatest uh, radio illusionist. Radio illusionist? Yeah, he does all his illusions on the radio. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Described in your own voice. You you have know, to
4: have the, Paul explain It's them.
5: the best way to do magic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so let's get away from magic for a second. Uh,
1: that <laughs> was an old sketch we did. That's right, a after, sketch dumb we. Sketch. right after the old sketch. old I'll uh, set uh, that up, <laughs>
5: Uh
3: Let's talk about uh, your comic book. Oh sure, this is prominently yeah. featured in the documentary. Yeah. Magicians: Wait. Life in the Impossible, now available on Amazon and iTunes. You That's know, true. I hate to
0: say, it, every time I hear the word "impossible," I think of those little lanterns from, that go up in the air and then a giant tsunami.
3: Yeah, that yeah. was a that was a movie called The Impossible. Oh, The Just, Impossible. It's a thing to in I different. see. There is no life in that impossible. No, not at all. You die by tsunami. Okay. <laughs> but uh, your you comics know? called Smoke and Mirrors.
5: Yeah, it was through IDW, and uh, it was a lot of years ago. That's the thing about it. It's like it makes it sound like that happened. Like now, yeah. but that was literally three, four years ago. <laughs> so it was a long time ago. But it was a, uh, it was great. Uh, it, through my life, um, I would say that my biggest passions are uh, magic, and comics, and theme parks. And for some reason, I've been able to do things, mm-hmm. work in all three of those. And um, and we, I did this project with um, my friend Mike Costa, who is a comic book writer, wrote for, for Spider Man, and uh, is currently one of the uh, the writers of the show Lucifer. On, uh, on Fox oh. and uh, and then Ryan Brown, who's another really just amazing like comic book artist and does a lot of really great work awful uh, has had his own book for image and stuff. And so we did this book where we did magic as part of the comics. like you read it and it was a story about a magician like myself who got transported into a world where magic was real. because me and me and Mike uh, one of my best friends, Mike Costa, we would talk about how no student should have ever graduated Hogwarts. Because if you think about it, if this was the real world, after year two, why would you go to school? Because you had basically the world at your oyster. Because after yeah. year two, you could pretty much wave your wand and have anything you wanted. Why wasn't there a higher dropout rate at, at <laughs> Hogwarts? Right? There was no powers. There was no way to rein that in. So we created this world where like magic was so reined in. Like People had magic powers, but it was like the same way that if you studied your entire life to be a doctor, then you could you know, heal people. This guy could heal people with magic powers, but he had to spend his entire life studying how to do that. So when this guy from our world goes into their world where magic is real and is able to do magic at will, oh my God, what's going on? Because they've never seen Sleight of Hand before. They've never seen fake magic. Hmm. Why would... This this is this is higher power. So they all think he has uh, real ability. So that is uh, was kind of the premise. And this one kid then is able to like figure out, hey, wait a minute, you're not doing real magic. You're doing something else. I want you to teach me. Kind of blackmails him into teaching him. And then uh, someone else really thinks he is doing real magic and is after his abilities because he wants to be able to sell it and market it and that type of thing. And uh, we had like bits in it where you can open up the book and the book would actually do magic for you as yeah. you were reading it. So cool. It's yeah. like
0: a choose your own adventure novel. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's
5: and, cool. Uh, yeah, and it's. It, uh, uh, we did five issues and it became a trade, ma- and we had a whole thing planned out and then went to it nowhere. Uh, we were on like best list and things like that. People loved it, and it uh, was nominated for awards. And then, yeah, it didn't sell that well. Also, but now you get me thinking: Why would you go back to the Wizarding World
3: if you know that's where Voldemort is and trying to kill you too?
5: Yeah, and, that, and there's a lot of like if you really think about it, a lot of good points being made. Here. Yeah, I'm just saying.
3: Uh, but what, so, what was your Comic Con experience like? Because I love Comic
5: Con. I every go every year. I'm a 16 16, year veteran now? Wow. I think I'm I'm happy. It has changed. It has changed. <laughs> I remember my first year. I went. I walked in. I, I strolled in. <laughs> I said, "I'll buy a ticket." and I walked in. I'm like, "You don't do that now. It's, that doesn't happen." You got like 12 minutes to buy a ticket. Yeah, yeah, but Yeah, yeah. I I, I'm I'm lucky. I have a, a few connections with the Comic Con board and stuff like that. So I actually I've been able to go and do uh, the, the the and I'm one of those professionals. Like one of those badges. Well, the cool. Well,
3: yeah, when you had smoke and mirrors. I mean, you had a, a yeah. I have been able to write. I remember
5: it. as I was we were inking the deal with IDW, the first thought that went through my head was not that I was gonna make money from this, It's was like, I will never have to pay it again to, to Comic Con
4: ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and you were sitting next to uh, Kevin Eastman in the interview. Is it were I you know. a, a teenager teenage I know. And he, he's so
5: nice and loves magic and like this yeah. nice guy and uh we sp- I got to spend some time with him and yeah, and and the the scene in the movie where the little the little girl is like super like amazed by the magic yeah. trick that I do for her. Do you, you oh yeah, this? yeah, she's stunned,
3: um, stunned a yeah, silence. Stunned. So
5: that's Chris Rao, who's the uh, the editor in chief of IDW uh, comics. That's his daughter. And uh, and yeah, it's it's awesome. Like that that's that's in the movie and stuff. So yeah, that, that was a really great experience for me. And uh, every year I go to Comic Con, I have a great time. So
3: did you have a comic that you followed all your life or when you were younger? I'm a big
5: Batman guy, A big Batman guy, and wearing Captain America shirts because I, I like Cap a lot. I like the Marvel Cinematic Universe Captain America. Mm. I wasn't ever, bad at the, uh, was a big fan of the. did he just nail that? He really <laughs> did. How did he really did and did it in a, in a <laughs> and that they, they found an interpretation of the character that made a lot more. I, I think it was a lot more relatable than some of the versions in the comics. If you, if you um. Yeah. But uh, I really, really, really uh, loved Batman. And uh, so I, that I, I was, I, I was a, that was a, that was the book I still have and still read Batman to this day. Man, it's Scott Snyder did some really great work as recently, and some really really great stuff on there. But uh, but now I have to admit that the more and more and more I read, the more and more I read Marvel. Man, the more that's that's the stuff I've been reading for uh, for the last couple of years. and really into it. So the, the the new Doctor Strange book is probably some of the best stuff that's out there right now. They've
3: switched everything up too. We have like a female Thor now, uh, a yeah. female Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all,
5: right. we all gotta... new, all different. We've got to figure out how to sell comics. I <laughs> barely go past you know seventy issues. They seventy issues is the average sold rate of a comic. It's a really low amount, and it's amazing. Like, um, they make so much more money off of the IP and merchandise than they ever do on the actual printed materials. Like, oh, wow, you uh. either the trades or the individual comics themselves. So, yeah, I, it's kind of sad that I hope that uh, that the art form never completely dies out because it's it's so amazing and something that's been really really important to me. Because I'm dyslexic and, um, reading pleasure reading is something I can't do unless I can do it in that sort of that small bubble form of reading you know sequential the, art sequential art yeah that's good. how i was able to actually really enjoy reading and uh i got through high school through because of comics illustrated i mean uh, because of classics illustrated and uh, yeah and that was that was my thing so uh, I love um, really, 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 really good start smart stories, and yeah, capes and tights, but not all, not all just capes and tights. i Saga. I love Saga, the Brian Ed. K. Vaughn book, um, uh, Chew, which just ended, which is a really awesome fun book from Image. Hmm. Uh, never been a Walking Dead guy because I just find that so bleak. It's just so, it's, it there's no e- there's no ending. If you think about it, they're they're, they're all screwed. There's <laughs> just, nothing's gonna happen. They're all gonna die. I just I, just, I couldn't I couldn't get into that. It, but, don't uh,
3: get don't get comfortable with anybody.
5: Yeah,
4: did you read? In- you read *Invincible*? That's the Kirk- that's Kirkman yeah, as well Yeah, it's a, right? yeah, that that's, a that's, that's a great book. That's yeah. a great book.
5: Yeah, no, and I and I like uh, Kirkman did a, th- a book. Uh, with was someone else uh, called uh, *Thief Thieve of Thieves*, and uh, which I really enjoyed. That was uh, uh, the idea that uh, you know this guy was actually just stealing from other sort of you know master criminals, and I I liked that idea a lot. It's good.
3: We talked about being with Kevin Eastman. Have you ever performed magic for somebody that you really admired? Like, what was like someone you got really excited to perform for? Oh, yeah.
5: Oh, gosh. Uh, I got to do uh, one of the greatest nights of my life is that uh, Erica Larson, who is the daughter of the founder of the Magic Castle and was the president, was president uh, after Neil Patrick Harris. And I got to work with her on the board as well. And uh, she brought in um, uh, Joel Hodgins. Uh, Joe Hutchins from uh, Mystery Science, Science, Media. Science Theater. Oh, yeah. And jo- Joel heckled me ah. through my whole oh, show. That's awesome. Oh my and God. I got to just go, I mean, and I was just bounding back with him the entire show. It was the best. Uh, <laughs> it was the best. I mean, I did a twenty minute show, took about an hour to do the twenty minute show uh. and it was the great it was the greatest time ever. And uh, so I got yeah, I got to do that. And then the next night, the, the very next night, she's like, Oh, I have someone else I want you to do a show for and it's it's Paul Rubens. So I got to, then I got to work for Paul and and do and he was awesome and just wow. the exact opposite of Joel said nothing <laughs> <laughs> said nothing but he was awesome and really into it and really uh, uh, appreciative so yeah um, I've got to perform for people like that and I've got to perform for um, I did um, did the uh, the the two uh, uh, inaugurations. Uh, to 0- 08 and uh, 12, I was there. And uh, I didn't get to meet anybody other than I perform. I got to perform for uh, the Bidens um, the second and, and 12. That was pretty fun. So oh, cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, they're All really right. great. And so, yeah, so I've done some really, uh, some. I've performed for lots of interesting people uh, become friends with people who will have this uh, magic as a hobby which is fun Jason Alexander does magic and is really into I it saw so, like, him at the castle yeah the he parlor. loves it yeah. yeah he loves it and uh, so like stuff like that uh, people like that uh, Steve Martin you know I've got to meet them because of magic which is uh, and it's always amazing to me when like like Larry Wilmore, uh, you know Larry Wilmore, who I'm a fan of, is coming up to me, goes, "Man, I love the trick with the plunger. Oh, it's so good!" And this guy is talking to me like he's a fan of me, and I'm like, "You're the guy on TV, man. <laughs> You're the real famous person. That's I am nothing." Cool. So you know, we're, we, I'm a famous magician. It's like being a famous goldfish collector. <laughs> you're, you're only famous to other goldfish collectors.
4: I, I have a question uh, for people in the audience who may wonder: Neil Patrick Harris is the president of that. What? What? He was, you know, yeah. Explain. How does he? Does he do magic? Yeah, what, Neil what,
5: was a what, Neil was a lifelong, lifelong uh, uh, magic uh, fan oh. and uh, aficionado and, and somebody who has uh done magic pretty much his entire life as a hobby i mean obviously yeah, yeah. he's got another career he's got a day job so he doesn't get to do the Feel magic like often that, yeah. yeah um but um uh, cool. but he's really always been into it and there's a if you remember like in um how i met your mother there's been a couple storylines where he was like an amateur magician okay uh, the barney character and uh yeah no seriously huh. he's really really into it and just a and totally, totally great guy <laughs> who does really fun stuff so yeah that's very cool well, let me ask you
3: the question we ask every guest who comes on the show. Sure. What is your favorite movie of all time? Pulp Fiction. Boom! Oh, nice. Lay <laughs> <laughs> nice. it down. Just yeah. nails it. Easy.
4: That's a record uh, yeah. right there.
5: Good.
3: That's Iconic. Good. Uh, groundbreaking.
5: Yeah, and I was. Uh, yeah, I remember. I remember coming out. I was. It was '94, right? When mm-hmm. I came that yep. absolutely. Yes. And uh, that was the year I graduated from high school. And uh, I remember going to the theater, not knowing what it was. Saw the movie, immediately got back up, went back out. Went back in, saw the movie again. <laughs> did that twice and uh, kept seeing it. And I think it's probably has the record right now. It's almost, I I saw Dark Knight in the theaters because that's probably my second favorite film, actually, this one right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it in the theaters probably like 20-some-odd times yeah. but in Dark Knight with <laughs> the first run. I probably saw uh, Pulp Fiction in the theaters about, about the same amount, but then back on video because this is back in the DHS days we still have those back in the day I must have wore out wore out two tapes watching that movie over and over and over again I can quote every line every song I won a trivia contest because I knew that Dick Dale and Mizzaloo was the actual uh, name of the title credit yeah. song like things like that like, theme and, from
3: Pulp Fiction that's not what it's called no, it's, <laughs> Dale, it's called Dick Mizzaloo yeah.
5: yeah so I mean yeah I love that film and uh, I, I, I I love Quentin's work in general uh, I don't think everything's a hit. I think there's definitely some, you know, some peaks and valleys. But uh, I don't think he's ever gonna get uh, as good as that. I no, think that, that's that that's was that's, that's that was it. That I and that constantly was copied. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Ad yeah, and ch- and change that industry uh, yeah. completely. Yeah. So uh, I there was um, thought about film where there's like a a foreign filmmakers that came over who actually had an impact on american cinema john woo being one of them luke passan um but i think it's interesting that like um if you really think about it um quentin's impact is the same impact that an outsider had to make into the industry Mm -hmm. and he it, it made ripples for everything and uh he's yeah he's great i'm a super big fan
3: Yeah, from bringing back uh, legends like Travolta to jumping the the timeline all over the place. It's rare for
4: audiences to get so thrilled at the uniqueness of a voice as well. I feel like there's been other unique voices that have come to the screen and you go, I've never seen anything like this or heard or kind of felt this way throughout the course of a movie or been this surprised constantly. I think- none of us knew how funny that movie was going to be when we went to go see it because we knew there was like a crime movie and it was like oh the guy from reservoir dogs and all sort of stuff but i mean and then the moment when he shoots marvin in the face i mean i i've never heard laughter like that because nobody saw that coming in a movie they didn't see coming to begin with any part of that exactly
3: and then it's followed by classic banter (laughs) yeah just yeah having to deal with the cleanup since you
2: mentioned pulp fiction have i told my Magic Castle, Quentin Tarantino story. <laughs> I don't no. know. Okay, I, don't so. I was gonna save this for after the show, but you mentioned Pulp Fiction <laughs> sure. as, your, as your favorite show. I was r- at the at the castle back in March, and Quentin Tarantino was there. I heard you were the guest of Teller. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> is, 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 you know Teller? <laughs> I'm sorry. Has that gotten out? Okay, I'm a little sorry. embarrassed. A little embarrassed. But I tried to get
4: in because I knew Edward Teller. My dad knew <laughs> Edward Teller. They didn't I do I don't know. I don't
2: know. Uh, so, you're th- for those of, of you not familiar. You sometimes get herded into the palace of prestidigitation, or the palace of mystery. Palace of mystery, palace of mystery, and the parlor of prestidigitation. So you kind of end up being with the same people the whole night, sure. If you do the the schedule correctly. So we were always around Quentin because mm-hmm. he got out of dinner when we got out. He got into the the palace when we got in, he, and then straight from the palace, you always go right over to the parlor because the of the timing. Anyway, very quick version of the stories. We get into the parlor, and the guy's bit is a briefcase that when he opens, glows gold. <laughs> and Quentin Tarantino is sitting three rows up from him, and he's looking around like, is this is this is this for me? Is this why this is happening? The kid was probably 24, had no idea who Quentin was, had no idea what Pulp Fiction was, and just did this bit. I'm losing my mind, because I'm like, this is the funniest thing in the world. And wow. then he calls somebody up to look into the case, and I'm thinking, please, for the love of God, just say, we cool. <laughs> yeah. like, like when he looks into the briefcase. Yeah. Like, we cool. Yeah, of course. We cool, Vincent. We cool. Oh, yeah, we, cool. we cool. Nope, didn't happen. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Lost reference. So yeah, Quentin Tarantino sitting three way, three s- throws away from a guy with a glowing briefcase bit at the parlor of prestidigitation.
5: <laughs> See, that's just how clueless magicians are sometimes,
1: though. That's what I'm trying to say,
5: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. You've made my point for me. All
2: right, let's
3: wrap up the show the way that's we know uh, how funny. to do it best. Our grand finally. Or finale? Karen's look at the <laughs> birthdays of the people who make the movies. It's Karen's birthdays. Take it away. Karen's
2: birthdays, it's time for Karen's birthday, it's Karen's birthday. Alright,
0: let's birthdays start off our week of birthdays, birthdays by wishing for a for very happy birthday, days, birthday to, time to time Michael for Kenneth for Williams, who turns fifty, but can play anywhere from a gangster to a dancer. Now some of you may be saying, Who is that? I was gonna who? ask,
2: what would I know him as? Hmm.
0: He is in Boardwalk Empire.
2: Chalky oh. What? <laughs> right? Chalky. The wire.
0: Uh, I thought yeah. so. Yeah. No, does he have 12, a stage name I might be familiar with? You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna know him from 12 Years a Slave, maybe 2014's RoboCop, or oh, as yes. that handsome black man with the facial scar.
4: I would just say Bart doesn't know anyone from any of those. Yep. <laughs> ding, 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 ding.
0: You don't know him as the guy with the facial scar? He's got a big old scar up his face. From
4: what?
3: Everything? From The his Wire, two big things of The Wire and Boardwalk Empire. And
0: Boardwalk Empire? Yeah,
3: I haven't seen either.
0: Though. All right, well. Told you. He's great. Paul, would you Robocop? like to know how he got the big crazy <laughs> scar up his face? Yes, please. I will tell you. He was acting immaturely because he had been drinking with his friends at some bar between himself and another group of gentlemen. They got into a little bit of a fight, and he got jumped. And they cut him with a razor, like a real
2: fight scar.
0: A real fight scar from the top of his head to his neck.
4: See, I had heard his father used to be a bit of a drinker. Ah!
0: <laughs> 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 no, a no. reference. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he actually, when I made that joke about him being a gangster to a dancer, he actually started off as a dancer for Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation tour. Wow! What? How cool oh. is that? Yeah, and he actually left school. To pursue a career as a dancer, and uh, during that year he was intermittently homeless, as all actors, dancers, and magicians are at times.
1: True. Happens. happens.
0: And uh, he actually and went on. Magicians. T- he went on tour with Acomb Slim Sims. I don't know. Too Blind to See Tour, and he also did choreography for George Michael and Madonna, as well as some modeling work. Oh, this so guy, gay. real handsome guy. Yeah. He is not gay. Oh, I'm
2: sorry. I thought that's you what I was being told. Sorry. He
0: <laughs> also, this was kind of cool. Are you getting a feed? In your <laughs> yeah. I was aware that was a thing. What's the thing <laughs> just that, in, what's the you go, uh, what happened
4: <laughs>
0: Michael also <laughs> turned down the lead role in Django Unchained. Perhaps then you would have known who he was. I would
2: have. But Why he, would you turn
0: that down? He was doing Boardwalk Empire. Oh.
2: So interesting that Jamie was not so a number one choice. a Ah, that's wow. what they're saying,
0: yes. That's ah. interesting. Mm. Yes. Well, he turned
2: it down after Jamie
0: got it. I will tell you this. <laughs> yeah, I've turned down a lot
2: of rules yeah. this week. <laughs>
0: he was once interviewed, and after all those credits I gave you, they said, what is uh, the most embarrassing, embarrassing thing you've ever done, something that you are ashamed of? And he says, I'm not really ashamed of anything, but there are some pictures out there of me in hammer pants. So... That's something that's cringeworthy. Not as cool
4: as the Rhythm Nation outfit. No, no. <laughs> I think I'm going to go as for Halloween. That's pretty good, right?
3: It's
0: we
4: good. Should, let's, We're all doing Rhythm Nation. Absolutely. Let's all do that.
0: Yeah. We'll even learn the choreography. <laughs> we'll? And also, let's wish a very happy birthday oh, to wait a minute. Mike, someone well, else. you got
3: to be kidding me. You're not done with, you're done with Michael I, Kenneth yeah. Williams? Is that okay? He was just in Ghostbusters.
0: Oh, that's right. He what? was the security guard. That's probably why he I picked He worked him. with Matt Walsh. He worked with lost? Matt Walsh. Oh, he is, was yeah. the Ghostbusters. That is was great the one. I thought that's why you had, brought him up. Oh, no, no. I didn't even think about it. That's probably why I did his birthday, because whenever I can't find someone in Do you in know the how age, many laws you're violating? I don't know. Like, two? No. One. No. Two? No. no. It was just, two, wasn't it? Just stay with me. Is it two? <laughs> and then I love how- uh, she doesn't even speak. She just touches Matt Walsh and yeah. he's like, don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah, happy, uh, I have Ghostbusters. I lost my mind. Yeah. That's why I picked him because he's funny uh, in that. Yeah. Do you know, you didn't see Ghostbusters, did you? Not yet. You are dead to me. Oh, All right.
5: I've been watching it over and over again on planes.
0: I love Ghostbusters.
5: Yeah. We go to Dragon Con every We're year. We're talking me, about me the and new my girlfriend. One. Yeah, the new one. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, already it, on planes? Yeah, it's already yeah. on planes. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, my uh, my girlfriend loves uh, Ghostbusters and uh, and we. Your
0: girlfriend is awesome. Yeah, she is. I and uh, she
5: she w- I made her the uh, the outfit for the new ones. Yeah, Yay! she wore that at Dragon Con
0: I have pajamas like that.
5: Yeah, it's pretty great.
0: Oh, ah, yeah. you guys are the best.
3: And multiple viewings really helped that movie because it really it. does. And I brought up before. Seven but you times in the
0: theater. Yeah, seven. I'm very proud of that.
3: You get past the idea that it has to hit all these signposts for That's a Ghostbusters so movie, and you just enjoy all the jokes, well of which there are
5: a ton. I, I think it's 90% good. And then the ending is so bad.
0: Too much special effects. The
5: ending is so, so, Thank so you. bad. Thank yep. you. And, uh, but everything else up until then is actually a really decent movie. And if Thank you weren't comparing you. it to the original one, it would, uh, I think you'd have, it would be much better.
0: You're my favorite guest. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> ah,
5: who else's birthday is in it?
0: I don't know, but that was exciting. Okay. <laughs> Let's also wish a happy birthday to Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, yes. Who turns 32 but can play anywhere from a ballerina to a scream queen? Bart, have you ever heard of Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Let me help uh, you. She said Winstead? Mm-hmm. Wasn't she on The Daily Show? She was known as Ramona Flowers in <laughs> Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Winstead. Okay. Did you wait, see that Scott Pilgrim nope, vs. the World? Nope, didn't see that. She was in she Smashed. Naked did anything? No, I don't think she was naked. I oh. mean, she was in Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof.
2: I saw that one.
0: Okay, I don't know. if She was naked though. Final oh. Destination Three. No,
2: she
4: was naked in that release of the hack of all the. the
1: yeah.
0: Oh, the phones.
4: Things. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So I, yeah I, the, the iCloud She
0: also was in a movie Paul there and I saw.
4: Questionable. Winona Ryan. Called. Sorry.
0: <laughs> 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 Alex of Venice. That was directed by <laughs> Chris Messino. We saw that uh, at SEG. It was a really small little screening. Yeah, good
4: indie
3: film.
0: Yeah, she was great in that. Um, I, it feels so bad that you don't know any of my birthdays this week there, Bart. Uh, I know, I 10 Cloverfield do. Lane. There you go. You're yeah, she was path. in that. There you go. No? Okay. Anyway, some of her favorite movies. Her I just up. thought this was, she had a really good- Look her
4: up, though, Bart. I do. Yeah, this <laughs> sounds like
0: somebody I should <laughs> have been aware of. You would like her. her. Get this. I thought these- A lot of times on IMDb, they put down who people's favorite movies are, and they're usually just kind of the same genre, but I thought this was kind of cool. She loves Sunset Boulevard, Fargo, Rosemary's Baby- Black Christmas, Alien, and The Shining. Man, she's all
2: Sounds over the map. Did cool, right? Just get hotter at him,
0: right? Uh,
4: <laughs> definitely. And I just realized <laughs> that she's one of the one, a celebrity I've seen. I saw her eating at uh, that uh, restaurant home over in uh, Los Feliz. Oh, yes, uh, it was. There was a and
2: A Q&A after Alex of Venice. She was she was really cute?
0: Too, yeah, very funny. Oh, she's like also uh, now Bart. You know how much I love when celebrities sing.
2: John, this is true. This is going to happen to you now that you've been on the show. People oh, are going to yeah. come up to you and they're going to say, "Hey." Tell me two interesting things about that Karen Volpe.
0: Yes. The first
2: thing you're going to tell them is, no, she cannot make you disappear. But if you ask her to choose a card, she will cut you in half. That's right. And then the second thing you're going to tell them...
0: I have Ghostbusters pajamas.
2: Is that... Well, the third thing. Okay. <laughs> but in between the thing I just said and the Ghostbusters pajamas, you're going to tell them Karen Volpe loves when celebrities sing.
0: I do. That's very good. Thank you, Bart. Thank you. I do love when celebrities sing. And this time, we actually have a singing celebrity. She... <gasps> Winstead has a recording career. She performs under the name Got a Girl, alongside a producer, mm. Dan the Automotor. Uh, John's I th-
4: favorite group. Think Dan oh, the Automator. He's actually automator? well known. I think. I don't yeah, know. Yeah.
0: I don't. But couldn't here's, name what he
4: does. But I know that. name. Here she the is
0: singing Mary Elizabeth automator? Winstead. I think it's automator. automator. Singing. Did we live too fast? And she's actually a good singer. <laughs> You would love the video, it's super Ooh, cute. I like this. It's really cute. This is like um It's retro.
4: It's like a Portis, little Portishead thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's how little portishead. Anybody listen to portishead? Nobody? Nobody trying no, to get late in college? Okay.
1: <laughs>
4: I'm just gonna put this on. We're just gonna kick back. I'll just put on a little Portishead. head. Light a few candles. Be hanging out.
3: Alright, that wraps it up the show, Cast. Together we are The Movie Guys. Individually we are Caramel Follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys on Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys as well as YouTube iTunes, Instagram all that nonsense for daily jokes and links. Uh, thanks to John Armstrong. Yay! Oh, Yay!
5: Thanks guys. What do, you, what,
3: what do you plug in? Is there a place to follow you on social? You uh, at Car
5: John pretty much everywhere. So my website is Cardjohn John C-A-R-D-J-O-N uh, and so that's it at Cardjohn John on Twitter and at Card John on uh, the old the uh, old like, but the old Instagram. I don't know how to MySpace. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. the old though. Uh, <laughs> that is true about that. Uh, and then obviously about the movie. Um, the uh, The movie is uh, Magician's Life and the Impossible, and it's available right now on iTunes and uh, Amazon and. You should uh, buy it uh, multiple times, over and over was, again. Yeah, it
3: jumped up to number three after oh, the, the premiere. Two, we got two. Got awesome. two got up to two, got two, two, and then yeah. That's
0: because they're all doing crazy mind melts there, on yeah. us. And That's we didn't we
4: didn't get a chance to say the movie is gorgeous. It's really good I'm am well, so well done. amazed at the at the, that they shot over four years to have the the DP is very the continuity talented. is really good. And you know you do mention that it's the saddest movie ever, but I have to say there are moments that are very sad, but they're shot so thrilling in this sort of like they. they capture like the loneliness of it they capture yeah. like everything's really well captured that I, I forgot to mention that except earlier in the living room too oh. i will i will <laughs> but, uh,
5: uh i will bring that back to that guy is who uh name i can't christoph remember. Bodden. <laughs> yeah i can't i'll just i'll, I'll, I'll tell christoph <laughs> that guy
3: uh yeah well couple that with the fact that it's just entertaining as well everyone yeah, should yeah. see it uh and thanks as always to steve Scholz for his comedy contributions to the show each week and, of course, we owe everything to Pat, Pat Peach. Peach. And remember, you can always find us at themovieguys.net. Next week, the artistically titled Nocturnal Animals and the non-artistically titled Office Christmas Party.
4: <laughs> and more. We'll okay. see you then. I think I got one grandpa joke as we trail out here. We've been a bunch of cut-ups here, but can you pick your favorite card?
1: Uh, Is that not a good grandpa joke?
4: Boy.
3: <laughs>